Good morning. Listen to Mark and the Interpol when you get to work with the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX. Hope you had a great weekend. It was a busy one for the Mark and the Interpol show. It's a little confusing and a little overwhelming down on the field, isn't it? At, the, uh, at, the, at Chase Field. You know, it's a well-oiled machine. You're talking about Major League Baseball, multi-billion dollar enterprise. And when they're getting ready to do uh, a game, you know, they have a bunch of things they have to get to. They've got a bunch of these, like, community events and, and like, these groups that they go out and they have their moment to get their picture taken on the field. Then they got to do the National Anthem. Then they got to do the first pitch, which, by the way, we weren't actually the first pitch. I, I found that to be I'll somewhat confusing a little bit. There was a guy who did it before us who was fantastic. Yeah, he went he into the full wind-up and everything, yeah. Drilled it right down the heart of the plate. Yeah. And we're like, oh, no, we got to yes. follow this guy. Yeah, well, you couldn't follow that guy. I mean, he was he obviously was auditioning for... And here's the, the other part of it. We didn't really talk about this, but Tori Lavello, <laughs> manager of the D-backs, was, is kind of a fan of the show. Yeah. And he came over and introduced himself right before the National Anthem. And then after the National Anthem, this kid has thrown out his first pitch. And, and he had Lavello's attention. Like, Lavello was looking at the whole thing because he wanted to see if we would embarrass ourselves. And he oh, saw yeah. this guy pop this thing there, and he just sort of did the little nod. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, okay, boys, it's, it's your yeah. turn. Yeah, it's a little scary out there. It um, can be, yeah. Uh, the guy who sang the National Anthem was the guy from Fox 10, Corey McCluskey. Yeah. Now, is he, is he the weather guy? Uh, yeah. Or is he, or is he yeah. like kind of an all-around, he weather know, Weather and then sort of goes out and does a lot of community things. Like, you know, they send him off to the Llama yeah. Festival and things yeah. like that. A very, very good sense of and humor. Very nice guy. He uh, he does some stand-up comedy. He does theater. He's a good dude. I, and he and I are, are sort of like media friends. We, that's, we hang out. We have, we've hung out on a, on a few That's occasions. probably why he takes the shot at you oh, here. So. No. Corey McCluskey from Channel 10. What did you think of my pitch? Oh, I got to tell you, Mark, I was uh, I was confident. I, I had a lot of confidence in you from the get go, oh. and the way you burned it in there, oh, no. there was a lot of pepper on that I thing. So nicely going. done, thank uh-huh. you. And Neanderthals? Um, oh, come on! You've heard the term one hopper. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's let's go into exactly what happened here. Um, we were both supposed to have our own catcher. Um, and you had, uh, was Alex Young. Alex Young. And Zach Gallen was supposed to. They told yeah. us, they said, go out there. Each one of you will have a catcher, uh, who, by the way, happens to be a pitcher for the Diamondbacks. That's, that's kind of a weird how they do that. And each one was supposed to stand in each separate batter's box. Right. And we were supposed to throw at the same time. So we run out onto the field, and I see Alex Young there, and he's ready to catch for you. And I don't, and I don't have a catcher. I've got nobody. So he's standing sort of in the, in the you know, the right-handed batter's box. And by the time I realize I don't have a catcher, you're already into your throw. I'm like, oh, no. Because I'm asking you, should I throw? Should I throw? Uh, yeah, I'll I'm just like, throw. I'll just throw. I, my only goal, I, it was not an impressive throw. My only goal no, was no, to get it there on a fly. Right. That was my only goal. Right. Because I'm always, you know, like I said, getting it there is well within my skill set. It's just that my first few throws before I get this, get the distance and everything are usually right. pretty lousy. Right. I, I need I need warm ups when I'm throwing right. a baseball. So I just I took the core the path of least resistance right. and just sort of lobbed it in there, got there, no problem. What I, I like I actually like getting the ball to drop in over the plate. Um, so I, I threw, when I realized I didn't have a catcher, I had to sort of throw at an angle. So I'm throwing like, like diagonally and the ball, the, the ball did drop in over the plate. The, the thing was, Alex Young, who ended up having to be my catcher, was like three steps back in the right man batter's box. By the time it gets to him, it had hopped behind the plate yeah. and it, and he scooped it up Olay style. 
and it looked like a dirt ball when, in fact, had he been in the catcher's position behind the plate, it might have looked very impressive. Listen, I... But I, it wasn't. I, I, but I, it wasn't impressive at all. Yeah, I could give you a hard time, but it... You know what? If you were high up in the stadium, you probably wouldn't have, wouldn't even been able to tell that it hit the dirt. Yeah, no, I, know, and, and, and and he wasn't in a crouch in the catcher's position. Yeah. And we, you know, look, it was that's not what we're here for. If he failed on the scoop, yeah. it would have looked bad for you. It would have looked real bad. But he was actually he just was actually like, pretty skillful. With just that. like when, when he snagged your pitch, it was almost like he was calling for a pitch out because he was because <laughs> he was it was outside. It, it, yeah. it was it was but, just a bit outside. Yeah. But the most important thing is neither one of us brought any shame to our families, uh, and there is ample video evidence. If you look at it, right, uh, you say to yourself. Well, you know, for two morning guys, they actually got the ball there under very, very weird conditions because everything went completely kaput you feel, when we you, went out there. And you feel like an ant. Like, you feel tiny when you're right. in that, on that yeah. field because the yeah. stadium is gigantic. Yeah. And uh, actually, I, I talked to another lady in the crowd about what she thought. I, let's see what she said. Verena Peoria. What did you think of those? One was like a slider. The other one was a changeup. I mean, neither one of them were very fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and to be yeah. honest with you, yours was a changeup and mine was a slider. It, dro- <laughs> it dropped really well, and then it slid behind slid the plate. across the dirt. It right, slid yeah. right across the dirt behind yeah. the plate. So thank you to Alex Young for being such a great sport uh, and the fine comments on my hair on the way back to the dugout. That was another thing that was emasculating. I was like, wow, I really like your hair. I'm like, <laughs> really? You, after that, you, that's what we're talking about? It was fun, though. We had a great time. Thanks to the Dimebacks. We will have D-backs tickets to give away all week long. D-backs.com is where you get them. And we will answer your questions, the inevitable questions about whether or not uh, Ms. Ramirez, the lovely Vanessa Ramirez, had to fill out a restraining order by the end of the evening. We're not sure yet. We did have an encounter. Yes, we did. Now it's time for sort of a... A special, a very special edition of Mark and Neanderthal's Story Time. It's a very special story time with Mark and Neanderthal. We don't have anybody on the phone to choose the story because we both chose the same story because we we were together a lot this weekend. And yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. It was a. This is a hair raising tale. We almost didn't make it through the weekend. Yeah. We were driving, so I went and picked up Paul on Friday night. Yeah, we drove together. Afternoon, yeah, we drove yeah. together. Pick up about uh, ten after five, and we start driving to the Diamondbacks game to do the first pitch. Right. Now, when you're driving, sometimes you you don't really take everything in, but you sense that there's something wrong. Right. And that's what happened to me on Friday night. And we were on, I think it was still 202. Yeah, it was 202 right before we got to the 51. I, I don't know exactly yeah. how, how close we were. but I think it was I, the 24th Street exit was coming right up on the right. What was interesting is you were like, hey, wait a minute. Like, that's how you reacted to it. You're like, hey, wait a minute. No, I, I, I said... Whoa. <clears throat> Whoa. That what, was my quote. Yeah, what's going on here? And I was like, oh, that guy's spitting out. That guy's spitting out. Oh, there's an accident. And what happened was it appears a a little a gray, like, you know, primer gray uh, work pickup truck. It's like one of those little Datsun pickup trucks. Yeah. Like, like that's how one. old it was. It was an old one. Yep. Um, it appears, I don't know if somebody was trying to make a lane change or whatever it was, but he clipped a, a white sedan, and the sedan did a 720 across two lanes. It was two bizarre. Two full rotations yeah. across two lanes. Debris flew everywhere, like a part of the bumper and pla- white plastic and tire rubber flew everywhere, and it was literally 60 yards in front of us? Yeah, if even that. Yeah, and we yeah. were approaching at yeah. 65 miles an hour or yeah. so. Um, so it was like, oh my God. And it's funny, when something like that happens in your windshield, it's like you're sitting at home watching... Watching it on a widescreen TV. Yeah, well, it doesn't look real. Like I said, you only get a sense. And I've I've been in a couple of accidents, and or or at least one accident where 
you sense that something is wrong. Right. And, and, you know, the accident was totally the other driver's fault, you know, in, in this accident years ago. With this situation, same thing where I saw a front grill of a right. car. Yes, go right past you. <laughs> looking at me. Yes. And, I, you know, we're so tied up with wrong way drivers now. We're so hung up on that because it happens so often. That was the first thing I was like, is this guy going the wrong way? Because he was in the far left lane. Right, exactly. But then he scooted. I mean, he skidded and slid from left to right across the whole thing. Right. It was. And, he got he got nicked. It looked like, based upon it, and you were piloting It's like a NASCAR us. thing where somebody clips the back bumper and spins right. the guy. You were piloting us to safety at the time I happened to I was I, I was in the passenger seat so I could see everything that was going on as we passed the actual accident and we were lucky because the debris spray was considerable and I know a lot of cars drove right through it kind of like like in Star Wars when they're going through the meteor shower and it was pounce, you know <laughs> yes. stuff was bouncing off of people's cars Mark's car goes through this thing completely unblemished which is awesome and I happen to look out to my right and that's where the white sedan was like a four-door sedan like a Nissan or something like that yep. and the right rear tire was just gone the rim was completely messed up and the quarter panel was messed up and all i hear is the engine racing because the guy behind the wheel is stomping on the gas pedal to try and put the car in gear to get out of the middle of the highway so he right. doesn't get hit right he, he get hit by oncoming traffic we originally thought he was driving the wrong way right once he had come to a stop then he starts driving the wrong way i'm like does that guy know what he's doing he's trying to turn around but he was trying to actually he was moving himself into the gore point so he right. was in between the entering traffic and the and the traffic already on the highway so he'd be out of the way and the other guy pulled over to the right. So yeah. and we did check. Everybody was okay. Yeah. And, and, but it, it but was, it was it, it's one of those things where it's like, if I had picked Paul up two seconds earlier, we yeah. could have been in that. No, it was that with that in and of itself. I mean, when we talk about what happened at Chase Field, um, I, I would say that accident is the second most exciting thing that happened to us on Friday night <laughs> behind meeting Vanessa Ramirez. <laughs> and we'll we'll talk more about that this yeah, morning. We certainly too. were so yes. Just as lovely in person. Now, it seems like we planned this, the whole you wreck me thing, but uh, yeah, we did. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It is Monday, August 19th now. At this time, 50 years ago, Woodstock had just happened. You know, hope you yeah, enjoyed the, over, yeah. hope you enjoyed some of the blocks this weekend where we featured some of the artists from Woodstock and so forth. One of our, our weekend guys, Kevin Malvey, was actually there. He yeah. was there as a, as a 16-year-old. And he remembers it, by he the way. He remembers a good bit. He was, uh, he was telling us some stories before he left this morning, but um, we recorded one of them. He was just talking about how um, they couldn't even get anywhere near the place. You know, it was a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday show. And like many, they just had to abandon the vehicle. I got there late Friday night. I remember walking for a couple of miles after we ditched the car. On somebody's lawn or just no, in front it was of just by the side or... of the road. Uh-huh. It was that '66 Ford Falcon three on the tree, zero to sixty in about twenty seconds. <laughs> just leave it there. Yes, that's what they did. They left it there and they started walking. That's what a lot of people. That whole town was filled. Their roads were just filled with cars, just left there because people got out and just walked to the show. Yeah, the only I, I mean, the only thing I have close to, I mean, obviously uh, in the eighties we had the US festivals out there in California uh, at Glen Helen, and then there was. Um, <clears throat> do you remember the Van Halen Monsters of Rock Festival? I remember yeah. it, uh, not it was, specifically, but yeah, it was sort of a tour. I didn't get a chance to see it in uh, in Massachusetts, so I drove up to Maine to see it. But it took us like six hours to get there. It was a blinding rainstorm, and it got to that point where people on the highway just stopped. 
stopped and just left their cars there and started walking yeah. the last couple of miles to do it. That's the closest thing I can think of. And that tour was, I mean, that, that's the closest. The only reference I can make is it was downpouring rain. The bands went on late. There were no facilities. It was very much paralleled to Woodstock. It was an unmitigated disaster. Now, look, let's look at Woodstock for a second. It's a three-day festival. They sold tickets. They were like six bucks if you bought for three days, seven dollars day of the event. All right, so seven dollars well, to was, get in. Yeah, it was the eighteen bucks for three days, right, yes. and and each day separately was seven. Right, so it was a bargain. All right, so that's seven seven dollars a ticket. I don't know how many people they planned for. I think they say they planned for twenty thousand or something like that, and four hundred thousand people show up. <laughs> they overrun the gates. So now they've planned for 50,000 people. They got 400,000 people. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough water. They don't have enough facilities. They don't have any security. Right. The bands go on hours after they were scheduled to go. Like, you know, back in the day, we would complain that Guns N' Roses would go on a couple hours late and we'd be minorly inconvenienced. Imagine being at Woodstock and finding out the band that was supposed to go on at 8 o'clock Friday night doesn't go on until one thirty in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? After being, and with no food and no drink and no place to go. Consider if that happened today, the amount of lawsuits that would have happened right. because they literally had no food or water for people. They ran yeah. out. They ran out like the first or second day. That and and their medical facilities was really just a tent, and there were some nurses there. Yeah, they they no, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how many fully licensed physicians were on site. I'll bet right. none. There were a lot of amateur pharmacists yes. on site. But it's really it's funny to look back at that now because well, it would it's be funny cons- now. It would be considered an absolute disaster if it happened today. It would be a it would be a health hazard. I mean, yep. You know, you think of what does it look like in a storm-ravaged area? Because if you look at some of the, the, the last day pictures when everybody was all burnt out, and it literally looks, the whole Yazgur's farm is trash. There's clothing and, yeah. and jar, garbage and debris. It literally looks like a disaster area. Like after you've seen one of those typhoons that happens in the Philippines yeah. or something like that. I mean, it really was a humanitarian disaster, and yet we, we celebrate it. And yet it was a beautiful thing, It man. was a moment, man. We now- should aspire to moments like that, man. had a great weekend we had a a wild one and this was fun on friday night so we did the first pitch dueling pitches at chase field and you know listen from a baseball athletic level neither one was a spectacular pitch but they each did the job they got there um you skipped it but you had more velocity and more accuracy than i did i I got it there on a fly yeah Yeah. Yeah. and my my only goal was to get it there on a fly because i'm always wild when i first start throwing a baseball i was like just i just want to get it there yeah and i I, I like me i like dropping it over the plate i like being one of those guys that's able to do do that but but the guy and the catcher was was alex young and he wasn't down in the crouch position. No. So naturally, I threw it. He backed off and caught it on the hop. So it looked, you know, don't get me wrong. Neither one of us is embarrassed, but but Tori Lovello is not not signing us to a, a you know temporary contract anytime. He soon. was down there too. We, we talk about our conversation with him, but yeah. that which was funny. But there's you know there's dozens and dozens of people on the field before the game. And oh, at yeah. one point, it I spotted somebody. Yeah. So Paul is talking to our videographer Kenny, who did a phenomenal job. And then phenomenal job. Yeah. She was radiant. Yes. So here's what happened. I was talking to somebody else for a second. I turned back, and you and Kenny, the video guy, were talking, and Vanessa Ramirez walked right past you guys. And I I walked over, and I said, did you see who just walked past? And you're like, yeah, I I didn't want to bother. I was like, hey, I'm married. There's no pressure on me. Hold my beer. 
Right. And so I walked over. I did kind of the ambush. I just walked right over and said, hey, Vanessa. She turned. She said, I said, hey, Mark from Mark and the Interpol. Why don't you come over and take some pictures with us? Yeah. She was like, yeah, okay. And she actually couldn't have been more gracious. But she came over and, you know. I was able to facilitate the introduction. Yep. And, uh, and and Paul was able to meet Vanessa Ramirez. Here's the moment, though, that I dreaded, which is after all of the things that I have said about my affection for Ms. Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And again, she couldn't have been more gracious in the entire thing. I've got my chance to make a first impression face to face. This is the first chance I had to meet the girl. And my first words to her were, Vanessa, I just want to say uh, thank you for not filling out a restraining order. <laughs> yeah, at least it's memorable. Yeah. No, no yeah. she'll never forget that first line. Actually, my first line was, uh, she's like, uh, one of the people that works for the Diamondbacks, like I was joking about it, about the crush thing. Right. And she goes, well, do you, did you get a picture together? I go, yeah, she and uh, me and Mark took a picture. She goes, no, but did you get a solo picture with her? I'm like, no. She goes, I got this. I go, don't, no, no, come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. She runs over and she goes, hey, this guy over here has a huge crush on you. And she walks <laughs> over. She goes, all right, we're ready to do this picture. Let's do this. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, hell yeah. I've been waiting 10 years for this picture. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and uh, she couldn't have been nicer, the whole deal. And that was pretty much it. That was the, the end of our, our sort of yep. interaction. Didn't get a chance to ask her out uh, and probably wasn't the right venue to do so. But I don't know that I'm ever going to have another chance. Right. Well, I'm never going to see the girl again. All I can say is I was glad to facilitate the meeting. No, no. You I, was, I was kind of the wingman. I was sort of the iceman to your maverick. It was like Top Gun without the homosexual overtones. Right, exactly. No, it was in, in this situation, the love was, was clearly between one guy and a girl who paid him very little attention, was just gracious in her. She was very gracious. Acceptance. She was, was very, was very cool. nice. Uh, what's interesting, though, is there's a co- there are a couple of photos up uh, on Facebook of us together. Um, and more than one female member of the audience has said, mm, body language speaks attraction. <laughs> and I'm like, don't do this to me. Mm-hmm. Don't do this to me. This is that fourth grade lean in and get the kiss thing again where I get slapped across That's the face. Right. That's right. It's not going to happen. But she was very, very nice. So uh, and be nice and classy in your commentary because there's a good chance I may meet the girl again. That's right. And I don't want to be served with a restraining order. This is uh, a great welcome to Monday morning. It's a beautiful day here in the Valley. Not such a beautiful day for the person that will be deemed the Mark and Neanderthal dumbass of the day. Who is that person, Mark? Well, I'll tell you what. Tomorrow when we do the dumbass, right around the same time, one of our stories, we'll have a two for tomorrow. Right. One of the stories will discuss proper jogging attire. Okay, Which is then. important. All right. Ride Now Power Sports is our sponsor. You can find them at RideNow.com. It's Monday, so we got to hit up Florida for a dumbass. Well, sure, right? why not? Okay. It hasn't been. It's been a while since we've been to Florida. That dumbass is 26-year-old. Ariel LaCroix from mm-hmm. Fort Myers. Now, I'm not sure how I missed this story a few months ago, but it's great. Ariel actually just pled guilty to all these things. It all started back in May when Ariel was a passenger in a truck where the driver failed to stop at a stop sign. Right. So if you're doing something suspicious, make sure you drive well so you don't get pulled over. You don't want you don't want that suspicion on top of you also. No, I get that. A police officer saw this, pulled them over, and Ariel told the officer that, you know, the officer was like, what do you guys do? What do you up to? And Ariel told the officer that she and her friend had been in a nearby overpass trying to collect frogs and snakes. 
Okay, then. 26-year-old again. Collecting frogs and snakes, yes. you say. The officer thought that both Ariel and the driver looked a little nervous and noticed Ariel was trying to sort of hide and push to the back a little a little backpack that she had in the passenger well. Teenage... Well, maybe there's a frog or a snake in that backpack. She didn't want the, the officer to be bitten. Well, it was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle backpack, uh, by the way. Was it really? Yeah, it was. That's so, that's and, so uh, awesome. So the officer wound up searching the backpack where Ariel had... Pizza! 42 striped mud turtles and a soft shell turtle in there. I believe turtles are a protected species in the state of Florida. Yes, yes. The officer asked if there was anything else in the truck, and that's when Ariel offered up the, the big prize, the coup de grace, if you will, the main event. The I know what this is. I'm, I'm, no, no. She offered it up, I believe, out of her yoga pants, did she not? <laughs> out of her pants. Out of her yoga pants. Yes. Surprise! Out of her pants came a foot-long alligator. Is that an alligator in your pants, or do you, you have crabs? you glad to see me, yeah. I don't need to get into why that's dangerous, having an alligator in your slacks, but... I would assume so. Yeah. Fish and game was called in at this point. I would think so. The, the officer was like, this is beyond my jurisdiction. What's alligator that's... in the pants? What's that smell? Mm. So fish and game wound up taking care of things, and Ariel wound up... Please guilty this week to all of these things possessing an american alligator Mm -hmm. taking or possessing more than one turtle per day i guess that's a thing in florida (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of interesting but ariel did it all she admitted to it all and ariel laquire is the mark and neanderthal dumbass of the day i think that's a beautiful story you just told Okay, we're being told that we right. do have a phone call first. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know, I mean, we had a, a very busy weekend, and uh, for those of you that were in attendance on Friday night, you got to see something you rarely get a chance to see. And I'm not talking about the grandson of Carl Yastrzemski's uh, Mike Yastrzemski's three home runs in one game. No, what you saw was a display of pitching heretofore unwitnessed in the Valley <laughs> of the Sun, and of course, uh, it, we probably wouldn't have been able to pull any of this off. Had it not been for our good friend J.J. Putz. J.J. Putz, the, the former Diamondback closer who trained us, right. worked us out at the yeah. ballpark before we did our first pitch. Yep. And, uh, J.J., we did okay, huh? You know, guys, I'm on cloud nine right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, two of my finest pupils go out there, focus, shook off the nerves, listened to everything I told them, mm-hmm. and had great first pitches. Right. I, I'm so excited that I was able to do this. Right. You? I'm just so I'm so excited that it went well for me. Wait, we were merely clay in your hands. <laughs> You're like my little puppets, and you did exactly what I wanted you to do. <laughs> it was a thrilling experience, JJ, and we owe it all to you. I know, I know, I know. I feel like we owe you so much, but there'll be no money, no financial remuneration. I, I don't need I don't need monetary right. rewards. I mean, I'm, I'm on I'm I'm on top of the world right now. As well, you should be. Well, thank you for checking in. That 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 brings it full circle for us. What do you think? Do we have a future in the majors? Absolutely not. But all I can say is you're welcome. You're Thanks. very welcome. Right. And Thanks, he's gone. And uh, he's a he's and a he quick. Goes, fo- he just ghosted us. He's a quick folk. Yeah, he's Again. a quick phone caller. He really is. Yeah, well, he's got things to do. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't seen the video, it's up at the. Uh, the Mark and Interpol Facebook page. You know, um, and we should thank our videographer, Kenny, Kenny. Johnson. He yeah. did a phenomenal job with the first video yeah. last Tuesday and got it done by Wednesday and then had the first pitch, I think, up online that night. Yeah, he t- we turned it, turned it around yeah. in a couple hours. It was fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm saying, look, he had fantastic, uh, you know, content to work with. 
It was very difficult to Absolutely. not create a masterpiece when you're given gold to mold into your, your, your fine jewels. Yeah, well, yeah. we basically pitched complete games. They said, go out there, throw one, and we did. Yeah, we did. Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud. Huh? 100.7 KSLX. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to.